0: What is a good reason to depart from a budget? You're listening to Outlook, one of the commercial, construction and international arbitration podcast series brought to you by the members of 39 Essex Chambers.
1: Hello, Peter Hurst here. I will introduce you to today's speaker, who is Shaman Kapoor. Shaman's practice covers several fields of commercial and common law with his cost practice bridging over both fields. He is frequently instructed for his opinion as an expert in costs in the Senior Court's Costs Office in protected party cases. He's also an accredited mediator. He sits as an arbitrator and adjudicator on the 39 Essex Chambers ADR panel for civil liability claims and he's also a deputy district judge sitting in south-west London. He is going to discuss what is a good reason to depart from a budget. CPR Rule 3.18b says, when assessing costs on the standard basis, the court will not depart from an approved or agreed budget unless satisfied that there is good reason to do so. So, what is a good reason? Hi, I'm Shaman Kapoor,
0: and I'm going to talk you through five cases that set an excellent foundation to answering the question: What is a good reason to depart from a budget? The first case is Henry Against Newsgroup Newspapers Limited 2013 Court of Appeal. That case dealt with the first pilot that was introduced by the CPRC to control costs in defamation proceedings. This was the case of a social worker who had worked with Haringey Council and who brought proceedings against the publisher of The Sun newspaper in what came to be known as the Baby P case. The detailed assessment proceedings came before the then senior cost judge Hurst on a preliminary issue where the claimant asserted that there was a good reason to depart from the budget because she could not have reasonably predicted at the time of budgeting the way in which the defendant would would conduct proceedings. She thus sought an excess of £270,000. The defendant argued that there was no good reason and that the claimant had not kept informed the defendant or even sought approval of a revised budget. The senior costs judge found that there was no good reason established, making it clear that all parties were intended to be on an equal footing and the claimant had not achieved that. The Court of Appeal disagreed. Although the pilot had slightly different terms to the CPR as it now stands, there are still some general principles to be derived. First, if the costs incurred in respect of any stage fall short of the budget, to award no more than has been incurred does not involve a departure from the budget It simply means that the budget was more generous than was necessary. Now hang on that because there is a U turn coming. Second, it is necessary to take into account all the circumstances of the case, but with particular regard to the objective of the costs budgeting regime. Third, there should be no exhaustive definition of good reason. Fourth, Whether there is good reason to depart from the approved budget in any given case, therefore, is likely to depend on, amongst other things, how the proceedings have been managed, whether they have developed in a way that was not foreseen when the relevant case management orders were made, whether the costs incurred are proportionate to what is in issue, and whether the parties have been on an equal footing. Fifth, the respondent had first sought details of the up-to-date costs position before embarking on settlement and did not protest in the face of those up-to-date representations. And sixth, there was good reason, the Court of Appeal found in this case, to depart from the appellant's budget. The next case is a case of Thomas Pink Limited against Victoria's Secret UK Limited, 2015. It's a High Court case in the Community Trademarks Court and a judgment of Mr Justice Burse. The claimant was successful in its trademark infringement claim against the defendant for the use of the word pink when it opened stores branded with that name looking to diversify from lingerie into clothing at large. The parties agreed and submitted costs budgets to the court without any attendance, and failed to ensure that a CMO had in fact been made. The court decided that CPR 318 would be applied nonetheless, despite the absence of a CMO. The receiving party sought a further £50,000 and provided evidence in support of the good reason application. The first point they made was that the trial started a day later than anticipated, and a day in the middle of trial was added for written submissions, all of which, they said, increased costs unexpectedly. Second, they focused on what they described to be unanticipated costs of dealing with the judgment and the costs for the application for good reason itself, and both of those were cited as reasons for the cost to increase unexpectedly. On the application, Mr Justice Burst found that there was a good reason. This case is also interesting because it dealt with an application for payment on account of costs. Whilst the principles of Mars were followed, when it came to budgeted costs, the irreducible minimum of budgeted costs was found to be 90%. The 90% rule of thumb has subsequently been followed beyond this case into other High Court cases such as McInnes, Cleveland Bridge UK Limited, Bates, and Rexham Trading Limited, so that there appears to be a well established line of authorities at High Court level making out the principle that the irreducible minimum of budgeted costs will be about 90%. This is a useful sidebar because there is a natural interplay between the substance of a good reason to depart application and applications for payment on account of costs, especially for paying parties. In a case just last week, I successfully argued that the cost judge at the future detailed assessment hearing would come to find that the entire costs, which had not been budgeted, were disproportionate because the claimant had pursued two wrong parties for about two years. When she caught up with my party, the case was settled within two months of the letter intimating a claim. In those circumstances, the court, seized with the application for a payment on account, needed to appreciate how a future application of proportionality might play out so that it could assess what would be reasonable as an irreducible minimum at detailed assessment. If the case had been budgeted at all, the arguments would have been the same in relation to making out a future application for a good reason to depart. The third case that I wish to take you to is Sony Communications International, AB, and SSH, Communications Security Corporation, 2016, another High Court case of the Patents Court, Mr. Roger Wyand QC, sitting as a Deputy High Court judge. Sony succeeded in the trial of an action for the revocation of a patent. This was a case to which costs budgeting did not automatically apply, as it carried a value over £10 million, but SSH had applied for an order that the rules should apply because it was concerned that Sony, with its greater resources, might make the litigation even more expensive. The judge agreed and made the order for budgeting to apply. Sony's budget had an extra two columns to indicate the apportionment of costs between what was described to be the infringement action and the validity action. This became important later when Sony won on the latter action but not the former. In that case, costs budgets had been approved. Interestingly, the parties had agreed that there was no need for a detailed assessment and instead requested a summary assessment of costs. The claimant sought to increase a number of phases – experts, trial prep and trial – all by relatively large margins. The court held that each phase of the budget needed to be considered separately. Further that there had been good reason to depart from the budget on the experts report phase. The case had involved scrutiny by the experts of a larger number of documents than might have been anticipated. The defendant's budget for expert reports was over £100,000 more than the claimant's budget for that phase, and although the claimant had failed in its duty to seek to vary its cost budget, the defendant had not been taken by surprise by the overspend in the claimant's budget for this phase. Further, the court held there could be no combination of phases where one was overspent and the other was underspent. The claimant tried to fuse, perhaps typically, trial prep and trial phases. Finally, the court found that there was no good reason to depart on trial prep, but there was a good reason to depart on trial It's also an interesting case because the court considered making an issues-based cost order and apportioned costs of the unsuccessful issues across the phases by a percentage reduction. And in this particular case, it did not at that stage hold Sony to its original apportionment in the two additional columns that it had put at the time of the CMO being made. The next case to briefly mention is Merrick's and the Heart of England NHS Foundation Trust 2017 case, uh, High Court Judgment of Mrs Justice Carr. It was the first High Court case to make absolutely clear that a good reason is required for upward and downward variations. That determination divided the profession as many took the view that if you spent less than had been budgeted, and the indemnity principle required a party to claim no more than the amount for which the client was responsible for, then it was thought that there should be no need to establish a good reason. The problem with that approach would mean that any sum less than the budgeted sum in any circumstances would be approved without further assessment. Mrs Justice Carr found that that could not be right in cases where particular phases of the litigation had not been required in full and could easily have enabled disproportionate and unreasonable cost to be recoverable. Whilst the penny was dropping as a result of that judgment, the Court of Appeal grappled with the same issue in the same year, in the later case of Harrison against University Hospitals Coventry and Warwickshire NHS Trust, 2017. At first instance, Master Whelan found that budgeted costs required a good reason to be shown in order to depart from them and that incurred costs held a certain status because they would have featured in the mind of the budgeting judge so that in practical terms good reason was also required. The Court of Appeal held that yes of course budgeted costs do require a good reason to depart as the rules make abundantly clear. They went on to say that the application of the indemnity principle is of course capable of being a good reason for departing from the approved budget. And that's the U-turn that I alluded to earlier. It's an inconsistent approach with the Court of Appeal some four years earlier in the Henry case. However, the Court of Appeal in this case of Harrison went on to say that cost judges should be expected not to adopt a lax or overindulgent approach to the need to find good reason, if only because to do so would tend to subvert one of the principal purposes of cost budgeting and thence the overriding objective. They went on, The robustness and relative rigour of approach on CPR 3.9 applications for relief from sanctions can properly find at least some degree of reflection in the context of applications for good reason to depart. They again iterated that it would be much better not to seek to proffer any further or necessarily generalised guidance on the examples of what a good reason would be. As to incurred costs, they made it clear that incurred costs do not require a good reason to depart from the stated figure and will continue to be the subject of detailed assessment in the ordinary way. They do not, for the avoidance of doubt, fall within the ambit of CPR 318 they were reassured by the fact that proportionality still stands in the background across all costs as a further safeguard. My concluding thoughts. Many of you will know that there is divided opinion on whether hourly rates allowed on incurred costs opens the door to a departure on budgeted costs. But there are strong arguments why it should make no difference at all given that budgeting judges are meant to appraise phase totals and largely disregard hourly rates altogether. The jury still seems to be out on that subject. Applications for good reason should be rare and are to be discouraged. However, once good reason is established, then the thinking is that the cost judges will then deploy a broad brush approach akin to that of the judge at the CMC rather than the old Traditional line by line method. The TCC considers that a trial judge does have authority to indicate, for the benefit of the cost judge, whether there should be a departure from the budget. Although it seems the TCC considers that a trial judge should be slow to do so, the authority for that is a case called Car Giant Limited and Mirren Burgess of the London Borough of Hammersmith, twenty seventeen. For their part, however, cost judges would welcome the assistance of a trial judge, and they consider that there is Court of Appeal authority to say that trial judges should so assist. There are two cases on that point being Northstar Systems and Fielding, 2006, and Drew and Whitbread, 2010. Finally, Applications for varying a budget prospectively should be encouraged and should become more commonplace so that applications for good reason to depart are not required. Thank you. Thanks for listening. At 39 Essex Chambers, we cover a vast array of practice areas and sectors. You can find out more about our expertise and our barristers at 39essex.com where you can also see our extensive catalogue of articles, podcasts and webinars.